0: Josh Corinne, My friend Emmanuel njoquet Di Dibongo, Manu Dibango, passed away at his home in Champigny, France, on Tuesday, March 24, after a short bout with the coronavirus. He was 86 years old. When I received the news that he had been taken to the emergency room March 17, I called him wondering if this might be fake news there was no answer at his home, which was odd because someone always answered. Then came the dreadful news as I was waking up. Manu had died. I was so stunned I could not think. Many radio stations called me that day requesting interviews. As fate would have it, the first one was my former employer, the Voice of America. I froze nothing made sense. Every feeling, every memory, and every date became disoriented in my brain. Now that the shock of my friend's death has slightly subsided, blurred by the loss of many other friends and acquaintances, and the protests in America and around the world, I decided that it was time to give tribute to an exceptional man, Manu Dibongo. This show goes back in time, recollecting my friendship with a fellow Cameroonian whose life intersected and paralleled mine in many ways. COVID-19 has robbed the world of the celebration of his life and I thought that this show would give me the closure that I've yearned for during these past months. This is Remembering My Friend Manu on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Bonjour l'Afrique! Herbal Pert and the Tijuana Brass A Taste of Honey it was the theme song of Bonjour l'Afrique, Good Morning Africa, by radio show on The Voice of America, the VOA, from 1964 to 1988. Ow! Hey, t'es debout, hein? parce que c'est maintenant ou jamais. Tu as l'écoute du Maxi Taxi en compagnie de Georges Collinet. My story with Manu Dibango starts in 1969. I was on a promotional tour around Africa for the Voice of America. I had already visited several countries, meeting thousands of fans in Mali, Sénégal, Guinea, Upper Volta now Burkina Faso, Ivory Coast, Zaire, the Republic of Congo, Gabon, and Cameroon. Being constantly besieged by fans, by the press, and invited by the country's leaders because I was represented representing an official American institution, the month-long trip was beginning to take a toll on me. When I arrived in Cameroon after completing my official duties, I just wanted to take a breather, go home, see my family, and visit places where I love to hang in my youth. I particularly yearned to return to Le Sintra, a restaurant on Boulevard Kennedy in Yaoundé, the capital. They served food that I couldn't find in the U.S., and it was always excellent. And the open-air dining room on the terrace, surrounded by green plants, was great. I tried to hide behind them to peacefully enjoy my favorite food, grilled andouillette. Ooh, that's chitlin sausages with a French twist, for lack of another explanation. They were grilled with roasted apples and, for dessert, a sweet crème caramel. How do I remember this? Well, my father and I would eat there quite frequently when I was growing up. Suddenly, a tall, striking blonde lady, accompanied by a tall, regal African, dressed in an elegant French couturier short-sleeved shirt, came by. They walked without hesitation to my table. Monsieur Collinet, je m'appelle Coco. Je vous présente mon mari Manu Bongo," said the lady as I rose to welcome them. Ah, hmm, a domino couple, I thought, smiling on the inside. I asked them to join me and pulled out another chair. <laughs> Coco, Manu Dipongo, and I sat there the whole afternoon. They ate soya, small spicy chicken and beef brochettes while I ate my andouillette and we enjoyed drinking cool muscadet, all the while being constantly interrupted by well-wishers and fans. (laughs) So much for hiding. The couple was apparently well-known by many people who extended their hand while holding their arm as a sign of respect. This is a greeting called Bataan, a young woman even curtsied, her eyes wide open with wonderment as she looked at us. We talked music, problems facing African music and musicians and questioned why the record industry never took African musicians seriously and never paid them their due. We talked about our life, our family, and how brave I was to live in America, a racist country. You must remember that uh, throughout the 60s, the United States was going through great civil unrest. This impromptu meeting was the start of a lifelong friendship. Over the years, I interviewed Manu many times for my radio shows in France and on The Voice of America. These exchanges were naturally always in French, never in English. Fortunately, Banning Afropop's senior producer, introduced me to Dan Rosenberg of Café International fame. A music producer, arts journalist, and one of Afropop's producers, Dan met Manu DiBango in 1997 and had a lengthy interview with him
1: in English. Welcome to my house and welcome to this uh
0: Special music land, <laughs> African living in Paris. <laughs> Said Manu, with his characteristic laughter. He made a strong impression on young Dan Rosenberg. There's an expression, if these walls could talk, but all I
1: could imagine was the music that these walls must have heard over the years. We all know about Mano dibango's incredible songwriting, how he played the saxophone, and that laugh. But the lesson he taught me... One that I never forgot in my years as a music producer was how he made each album into a project, something that could be used to teach the world about history, about culture, and our common humanity.
2: Go, 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 go. Thank you.
0: Yes, Manu Dibango rehearsing with Bonkana Maïga. I tell you, the whole crew was ecstatic, as it always happened when people worked with Manu. During my first encounter with Manu over 50 years ago, I found out that he was born on December 12th. I was born on December 16th. His father sent him to France at age 15 for an education. He had three kilos of coffee, about six pounds of coffee, in his suitcase to pay the first month of boarding to the French family who hosted him. Three kilos of coffee later became the title of his autobiography in 1994, and I had the privilege of reviewing the book for Chicago Press. In 1948, a year before Manuel arrived in France, my father took me to France to live with my great aunt, also for education. Us to return home as either a lawyer, doctor, or an architect. But as fate would have it, Manu, like me, went from school to school, preferring the music and cigarette smoke filled cabaret nightclub to classroom boredom. To his parents' distress, Manu became a musician. Well, we've heard that story before. Me, I roamed France riding a scooter with my guitar slung over my shoulder singing in casinos and nightclubs before coming to America.
1: They were not very happy. <laughs> it's normal because they uh, spent a lot of money in that time to make me a uh, serious monsieur. <laughs> it just happened that the serious monsieur was only musician, only musician. To them, music was like uh, natural stuff. It's not like a profession. So it was difficult, of course. am <laughs> seller. That's live by Kosa.
0: During our first conversation that day, I realized that I had discovered not only a soulmate, owner of two clubs, one in Yaoundé, Le Club Manu, and one in Douala, Le Tam Tam but also a terrific musician who had worked and played with African music giants.
2: That's the way I
0: Jazz with Manu Bongo, a rumba lingala, the sound of Congo music in the 1960s. As you heard, it was full tilt Latin music with tinges of Congolese traditional music and sung in lingala, one of the main languages of the Congo. Well, it was six o'clock and getting dark, early as it does near the equator. Coco and Manu decided that it was time to say goodbye and head to the port city of Douala, 150 miles away. I tell you, I became particularly concerned. The rotted two-lane dirt road was made dangerous by 18 wheelers carrying enormous tree trunks cut from the immense equatorial forest to the port of Douala. There were also sans fou la mort, translated, don't give a damn about death, as the minibuses overloaded with people, bags, and livestock are called traveling at breakneck speed, and causing terrible accidents. That's when I found out that Manu and Coco had come from Douala, where they lived, hoping to meet me in Yaoundé. As they left, I realized what an amazing and dedicated lady Coco was. She seemed to be in total control of Manu's career. In 1956, he met Coco, who was a model, when he was working at the Taboo, a nightclub in Brussels. The couple toured Belgium together, as Manu played in various clubs. I
1: went to Brussels, in Belgium, to be a band leader. And then there I started to learn to arrange, and I met my wife. I get married in Belgium. I was lucky because she was taking care of everything around. You see the musician? You can be gifted if you don't have somebody around you who can help you psychologically. It's more easy for you to be ready to have luck if luck comes. (music)
0: by Manu Dibango. Finally, Manu Dibango landed a steady job as band leader at Les Anges Noirs, the Black Angels, a club that was the meeting place of Congolese and Belgian politicians and Congolese intellectuals. Meeting like this led to the Roundtable Conference in 1960, negotiations that led to the independence of Congo-Belge from Belgium that year. The club Les Anges Noirs is where Manu met Joseph Kabasele, Elias Grand Calais, a Congolese superstar. I later learned that Patrice Lumumba, Congo's first Prime Minister after independence, brought Kabasele, along with other cultural leaders, to the conference.
1: Kabasele was one of the first Africans to sing about Pan-Africanism. He was one of the few Pan-Africanists in that time, in the early 60s. Of course, I'm Cameroonian, but I feel myself Pan-Africanist. I'm in love with the whole continent, from north to south. Maybe because uh, the major part of my life, I live in uh, Western countries, or in Europe, especially in France. I know, of course, that we are different, each of all, but... I'm really in love with the whole continent.
0: Cabacellé, Grand Calais had just recorded Independence Cha-Cha, the song celebrating the independence of Congo from Belgium. It soon became the anthem of African independence throughout Africa and the first big Pan-African hit, still very popular today. Grand Calais's saxophonist got sick before the trip to Belgium, so Calais invited Manu to join his band, Orchestre African Jazz, to record some 40 songs in a studio in Brussels.
1: It was so successful because that was the first time for African group to come in Europe to record in good studio. So the quality of the, the recording and uh, the meaning of the recording like independent cha-cha it was so successful in uh, Kinshasa. Then they asked me to play one month with them, doing concert. In that time, there was a civil war <laughs> at the same time in Shaba. But I was young and I was only in my music. I wasn't really involved in politics. So I was what we call very naive at that time.
0: settled in Leopoldville, the bustling, crowded capital of the newly independent Congo, which became the Democratic Republic of Congo, DRC, as it is called today. The DRC was renamed Zaire in 1966 until the demise of President Mobutu Sese Seko in 1997, when rebels led by Laurent Kabila expelled him. With the advent of Zaire, Leopoldville became Kinshasa.
1: It was so exciting for a lot of reasons. In Kinshasa, I started to learn Africa, because when I, I, I left Africa, I was only fifteen. If you don't even know Cameroon just by name.
0: After several tours around the Congo with Grand Calais and the African Jazz, Manu opened his club, Le Tam Tam, in Léopoldville. In 1962 Manu started a new career as composer and musician. Camulongo, one of the first records by Manu Dibango produced in Leopoldville. Congolese sukus and Latin music were the rage all over Africa and the African diaspora in Europe. But for young Manu, American pop was irresistible, particularly the twist. A massive hit by Chubby Checker, In the summer of 1960, Manu decided that he was going to rock the Congolese capital with his version of the twist. And Twist à Léopoldville became his first success. Manu met Twist Acalina, the city of Parcamville, the title on the record is Twist a Leo, Twist a Douala. Well, maybe Manu wanted to remain faithful to his Cameroonian roots by adding Twist a Douala, the economic capital of Cameroon, where he was born, and which was the next stop on his long life journey.
1: We were lucky to survive <laughs> for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Why was he lucky? He says
0: it's true because during the liberation of the Congo, I was there as a musician. But often I had to hide under furniture when there were shots outside. Congo was going through the Katanga war. The same thing happened in Cameroon during the struggle for independence. But these were wars that, in my way, I can understand. Now living in Douala, Manu and Coco opened a club named after the club in Leopoldville, Le Tam Tam, where he played his hits and invited local musicians to perform, particularly Saleh John, a musician that Manu revered.
2: be demola body war baraka yo be body e babu kutare mama bi edi de be demola body war bonoraka baraka yo be body e babu kutare o pote dama sengwe no toboda ni ma sala body o gole bonte tumati
0: wo yo mo o mate mo tumati Manu and Coco's return to Cameroon lasted only two years. The club's management was plagued by jealousy and pilfering. Manu once told me that the coup de grâce came when he found a black snake on the dance floor of the club, an ominous sign that witchcraft was at work. Exhausted by their African adventures, the couple decided to return to France. Men who started working for French pop stars.
1: I was a band leader of some French stars here, like Dick Rivers and Nino Ferrell. I was organ player and band leader.
0: recording his own music. Noir, I Want To Be Black by Manu Dibango from his first LP recorded in France, Jazzy sexy. It became a big hit, sang by rocker Nino Ferrer that you heard earlier. Jazzy sexy definitely had the sound of the US funk of the early 1970s. And for good reasons, the producer was American. And again, it was Manu's infatuation for all things American, like practically all musicians in Europe at the time. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Meanwhile, Coco had befriended Roland Le Couvure. The executive producer for African music at Decca Records, who later became the godmother of Georgia, the daughter of the couple.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Manu wrote, est fou de qui? Mm-hmm. Who is crazy for whom? A father expressing his love for his daughter, and it became a hit. by Manu Dibango with daughter Georgia, who was three years old at the time. Hollande decided to take Manu under her wing. Manu was becoming quite popular with the Parisian African community. He helped several budding African artists arranging their songs and helping them with their productions and concerts. One of them was the great singer-songwriter Bella Bello, a mega star singer of the 1960s and 1970s. Here she is with Manu, Basico. Like Manu, I went back to France in 1971. My father had died and I wanted to fulfill his last wish, that I should return to France. The transition was not easy. After having lived in the U.S. for 10 years, I had become a successful radio personality on The Voice of America. According to a VOA survey, my broadcasts reach over 110 million people in Africa and beyond. The Voice of America, wanting me to continue my show while in Paris, had set up a recording studio in the elegant U.S. consulate on the awesome Place de la Concorde. At the news that I was there, it quickly became a meeting place of African musicians and journalists. I had the opportunity to work with many musicians, finding free studio time, pushing them to use traditional instruments. Not easy task. It was too village, they said. I even recruited some friends who were lawyers to help them to get their lost wages from cunning producers. Manu often came there to be interviewed but also to give a helping hand to my visitors. Every month, Decca Records and Sonodisc would send me 45s and LPs pressed from cassette tapes recorded on boom boxes by would-be producers in Africa's hinterland that they sent to Decca. Now that I was living in Paris, I wanted to meet them. I had an ultimate goal for that visit. I was a fan of Ken Nordine, creator of storytelling word jazz. I want you to know that I love my baby, and my baby loves me. A short time ago, we went out together to a place called Far Out, Upper Limbo. The rhythm was there. I had written a tone poem à la Caine Nordine that I wanted to record, so I called Roland Le Cuvieux. She was ecstatic. Come as soon as possible. I had just arrived in Paris, but I quickly went to the headquarters of Decca Records, a stately building on a long avenue bordered with majestic plane trees. As I entered the main office, Roland warmly welcomed me. And after a little chit-chat with the personnel, she began an impromptu meeting with the staff and me to talk about improving promotion of African music in the U.S., what music and musicians' listeners preferred, and so on. Finally, I told Roland about my project. Let there be music. And right away she said, Well, it just happens that the man who can help you is arriving. You cannot imagine the explosion of joy when Manu and Coco appeared. We had not seen each other since our encounter in Yaoundé a couple of years back. After the embrassade, the traditional French kisses and hugs, Odon said, well, Manu is going to record the anthem of the 8th Africa Soccer Cup. And since all the musicians are going to be around, We will record you as well. While Jean-Marc Bell, Roland's assistant, insisted on being the producer of Let There Be Music, Roland became the de facto producer of Manu's soccer anthem. The deal was signed, the champagne flowed, and I was flabbergasted. This was the official anthem of the 8th Africa Soccer Cup by Manu Di Bongo.
1: Soccer was very popular. You see what happened later on with uh, Roger Miller and so far, the Cameroonian team. Uh, so everybody was in love and they asked me to compose and had some kind of hands up.
0: Since he had some time left during that recording session, Manu decided to take a B-side for that 45 RPM to be produced.
1: As usual, there's a B-face. Usually, the chance always coming with a B-face.
0: <laughs> because it's the face nobody expects,
1: <laughs> including yourself.
0: <laughs> On the spot, he improvised a song using Douala Kids' secret and coded language, Javanet in French. For example, if a kid wanted to go to a dance, makosa means dance in Douala language, and wanted to hide his intent from his parents, he would tell his friends something like, uh, mamako, mamasa, mamakosa. The following day, we recorded Let There Be Music in French and in English. Let there be music,
2: music, 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 music.
0: Bien avant l'homme, Dieu créa le rythme, des planètes, des océans, des vagues, des plantes, des
2: animaux, des hommes, des femmes.
0: Bien avant l'homme, Dieu créa la musique, la musique du vent, des oiseaux, des insectes, de l'eau qui ruisselle. Et l'homme trouva que c'était bon. Et l'homme, au premier jour de sa naissance, créa le jazz. Let there
2: be music, rock. Jazz or blues Let there be music
0: Et la musique se transforma La musique se libéra de l'homme Pour finalement le conquérir et le posséder La musique n'était plus seulement une âme. Le soul devenait vivant Pizza Armstrong, Barker, Billie Holiday, The Duke, Sunny Davis, Harry Wright. Well. Strange people, sometimes misunderstood but always revered. Our human eyes see with disbelief These half words carry us away With the rat-tat-tat of your soul The wow of their music Returns us to long-forgotten corners Of our memory To the first Of their music We suddenly find ourselves How we were meant to be Free We suddenly have what we should always have Peace And for a moment Carried away by their magic Suddenly, we discover what we were never meant to forget love. Let there be music, rock, jazz, or blues. Let there be music. After the release of Let There Be Music, several DJs in Europe, primarily in England, started removing my voice and replacing it with theirs. And then, one day, Jean-Marc, my producer, called me. He was frantic. George, Georges, Let There Be Music is number one on the hit parade. C'est formidable. I was stunned. Where? I asked. In France? Or England? Or... No! He cut me off. In New Caledonia! <laughs> it's going to be a big success here in France! Well, after all, New Caledonia is a French collectivity, an archipelago somewhere in the Coral Sea, some 11,000 miles from Paris. Hmm, I thought dubiously. Meanwhile, as usual, DECA has sent its latest productions to a store, the West Indian Records. It was a a hole-in-a-wall often frequented by a certain David Mancuso, who usually knows about small record stores to find new music. Mancuso was the owner of The Loft, a trendy, exclusive underground dance hall. And that's how he stumbled on Manu's latest release, the anthem of the 8th Africa Soccer Cup. That he immediately rejected, but being a zealous sleuth hound, he flipped the record, and he flipped.
1: Mama ku, mama sa, ma ku, ma ku sa. Mama ku, mama sa, ma Mama ku, mama sa, ma ku, ma Mama ku, mama sa,
3: Do it, Frankie. Do it to it. Uh,
2: Suck it to me, mama. Good
3: evening, New York. This is the show that's bound to put more dips in your hips, more cut in your strut, and more
0: glide in your stride. If you don't dig it, you know you've got a hole in your soul. The hugely popular DJ Frankie Crocker, who reigned on the tremendously popular black urban contemporary radio station WBLS, and on New York's wild disco scene where he once rode into the famous Studio 54 on a white stallion, put Saul Nakosa on heavy rotation on the air. It quickly blew the charts in New York City. It sold millions of records around the world, not just for Manu Di but for many other artists. The leitmotif, Mamako, Mamasa, Mamako, Makosa, and the style of the tune itself was so potent that it is still today one of the most sampled music in the world. Over 200 versions can be found around the world.
3: And now for the news, we take you to the White House. Mr. President... Have you any statement regarding water <laughs>
4: mama sa
0: mama maquisa, maquisa, De la unión de las
2: cuatro de la fuerza Watch your step, you might fall Trying to do what I did mama mama, mama sa i In the middle of the club with the rubber-dub You might fall trying to do what I did Mama, 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 I'ma come close side In the middle of the club with the rubber dub Uh, your fist
0: trying to rob me a song of rebuttal by Manu Dibango Manu did sue Michael Jackson and Rihanna for copyright infringement and won Sol Makosa opened the world to Manu Dibango but instead of being an arrogant and considered personality somehow during our many discussions I always felt in him an under feeling of reserve even timidity it's like Lotto
1: it's your big day and you compose it, you don't know yourself that you are going to have it, otherwise you can't do that every day. So this is a pure chance.
0: This success also demonstrated that the sum of his talent was greater than just one song. He was a superb saxophonist, pianist, vibraphone, and balafone player. The balafon is a sacred traditional African instrument that he was starting to master. The man has demonstrated through some 200 records and over 60-year career that music was almost a sixth sense to him. He knew how to draw from the enormous pool of black musical expression and experience. From African traditional music, jazz, blues, urban, electro, reggae, Latin, gospel, and even French and American pop and classical music and other, he was always curious and wanted to find new genres.
1: I was in the south of France doing some TV show and at the same t- uh, TV, there was uh, those people, uh, and I heard them through uh, my dressing room. The type of music they are playing is the music very popular in Africa in the early 30s, in the early 40s. My parents were dancing this type of music, this traditional Cuban music. And we used to call that JV. Uh, it was like 78, you see this record? The first record, 78, <laughs> two. they call it. My father had a gramophone, right? And we used to listen to this music. And 50 years later, I heard people playing the same type of music. So I was so happy, I asked them to make a record together.
2: Sa, sa, rumba mako sa. Sa, 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 rumba mako
1: Rumba e katimuja, ela takubana afrika. E kwaebi eminda, gita sa. Sal,
2: rumbo a Marcosal Sal, sal, sa, Yo desde Cuba he venido a saludarte mi hermano Para unir dos tradiciones, África y el pueblo cubano Sal, 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 rumba a Marcosal Sal,
1: sal, sal, rumba a Marcosal Musiqui Marcuba, Ingele, Nica Mene Penhuazú, Poco Poco Sasa
2: sasa, trompa ja. ma cosa. Se baila sasa sasa, trompa sa, ma cosa. El día de los en París, Manu está descargando y si vieran en Santiago, como el día de esta cosa. Sasa sasa, trompa ma cosa. Sasa sasa, trompa ma cosa.
1: Cosa somona. Rumba macosa, bisobese ba. Ma.
2: Sa, sa, sa. Vale. Rumba mamacosa. Sa, 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 rumba matosa. El pueblo africano, malu mi hermano. Estas son dos tradiciones, nosotros somos cubanos. Sal, sac, sac, rumba mamosa, sa, sac, sac, rumba matosa.
0: Rumba macosa. By Cuarteto Patria from Santiago de Cuba with Manu Dibongo. The group was founded in 1939. While well, Sol Makosa has given Manu Dibongo thunderous applause in concert halls around the world. This gave him the means to garner support for various humanitarian causes. In 2004, he was named UNESCO Peace Artist and Travel Africa with Harry Fonte to help children. It also allowed him to promote Pan Africanism by collaborating with top musicians like Angelique Kidjo, Bonga, Peter Gabriel, Sun Door, Herbie Hancock, Lady Smith, Brak Mombazo, Fela Kuti, to name a few, and record them in his 1994 landmark album Wakafrika.
1: What was very interesting in this uh, type of work is that uh, all the artists. We work here in my house, exchanging ideas, do Salif Keita, uh, Toure and so forth. Very, very exciting, and also traditional musicians. People playing guni, people playing balafon, people playing kora, uh, to combine all those type of uh, sound with a modern instrument was already something exciting for musicians.
0: Bongo, Papa Wemba, Angelique Kidjo from Manu's album Wakafrika. Manu Dibango considered Waka Africa to be a political album.
1: Instead of talking too much, let's try to work around one project. Each of the best African performers singing each other music. And this is also a little bit political. I mean, if we can do that in music be together around some kind of project maybe the engineers they can also be together around one project the doctors and so far each of us I mean uh, that's the only way for me to to do the politics
0: That message of how essential cooperation is in order to solve the world's problems seems especially urgent today as the world is plagued by the coronavirus, racism, and social inequality. From Waka Africa, here is Manu with Peter Gabriel and Lady Smith Black Mambazo, an ode to Biko, the murdered South African anti-apartheid activist. ...when he came to New York to record Gone Clear. I had recently left Paris to come back to America. And after the studio sessions, we spent a lot of time in Greenwich Village, just chatting in French, of course, about things and the state of the world. I reflected about the fact that most Africans only know me as Maxi Vum my radio nickname on the VOA, and he said, Well, we're not going to spit on it, he said. Kids see me on the street, they start chanting, Mamako, mamasa, That darn thing is stuck on me. It's really incredible. We talked a lot about posterity. What would be left of us when we're gone? I won't be here to know about it. What do I care if I'm not remembered? In 1978, I started the magazine Soul Music in Paris with a friend. It was the first African music publication in France, and I had Manu write the editorials. I asked him to talk about his views on African music today. Well, he wrote, I hope that I have somehow liberated African music from its bondage it's now as free as our beautiful birds along the marigolds in cameroon but it is now up to african artists to make it soar and then i said you know manu i was haunted by the american dream what about you I was dreaming of travels, so I could go see my idols at Stax, at Motown. It was not my world, but it was my dream. And also, Africans were mostly students in France. The only blacks to shine were the cousins, the black Americans. So automatically, you identify with what shines. Us, we were the visible invisible visible,
1: america me my chance to be popular <laughs> and i live in france <laughs> coming from africa <laughs> that's a long trip
0: <laughs> yes indeed we both benefited from the success the good old us of a had given us and we wanted to use some of that knowledge to give wings to african musicians and let its music soar <laughs> Papa Manu, Papa Groove, Le Doyen, the elder, and a very good friend. This program has allowed me to go back in time and relieve our friendship. Two people from Cameroon living in different worlds, France and the United States, and whose lives strangely intersected and paralleled. A long An exciting trip, indeed. Salut, Manu. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art. And from PRX affiliate stations around the US. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Huge thanks to Dan Rosenberg for helping resurrect for one hour a beautiful man and a friend with his insightful interview of Manu Dibongo. Your collaboration was indispensable. And a big up to Cookie Colinet, the other half of our domino couple, for checking out my franglais and help remembering our good times with the Dibongos. And I cannot forget Terry De Rosa, for our immense guidance. And don't forget that you can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Remembrance and production for this program by yours truly. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and our Afropop Close-Up Podcast Series. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Zubin Hansler and recorded at the Syncopated Lair by GC. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website afropop.org. Our director of new media is Ben Richmond, and I'm Georges Collinet.